0: The fastest way to change your life is to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up program gratitude light love and lessons into your life and the second uh, piece of advice is ask Uh, whether i was 14 24 34 44 even i'm 54 now i tell myself every day don't forget to ask for help Mm -hmm. don't forget to ask to wish Uh, there's so much that's construed in there, including our health. You know, I tell people all the time, priority non-negotiable number one in my life is my health. Why? Because if I'm healthy, I get as many wishes, as many asks a day as I want. And if I'm not healthy, I'll only have one wish. And so I wish as many wishes to you, to your audience, And please be gracious, appreciate everything you have. Don't take for granted what other people are wishing for, or even worse, what you're wishing for. Be kind to your future self, do good deeds, and I promise you'll be happy.
1: Hello Warriors, my name is Michelle Wolf, and you are listening to the Move Forward Podcast. I talk with inspiring people who are sharing their personal stories and knowledge of overcoming life's challenges. I truly believe that when we're hearing others who have been through devastation and hardships and who now have grit and awareness of what got them through, it is a tool that the rest of us listening to can use as a lesson of how to also tackle our own hardships, having hope even in the darkest moments. Now you guys, over the past couple of weeks, I have personally been getting out more, seeing more people, having more adventures and experiences like I used to enjoy pre-pandemic. And it felt so empowering I went out with my friend Taylor she's the owner of Cup of Tay which is a loose leaf tea brand that she created and that I talk a lot about you guys I'm sure have heard me talk about it you can find it at cupoftay.com and you can use my discount code move m-u-v-e so we went out for dinner with a friend who works at Facebook it was a great girls night out talking about business resilience and even a little bit of Kardashian drama who doesn't want to talk a little bit about that. It was the first night out to a bar with friends in honestly like years and it felt so darn good. And I'm sharing this story because I know so many of you still have some reservations and even some fear around going out and enjoying this life again. But you guys, it is time. The weather is warming up here in Canada, the mood and the energy, the vibe around socializing is shifting and speaking from experience. It is good for the soul. So I challenge you to get out and enjoy something new, something that brings a smile to your face, like dancing, and meeting new people, and enjoying dinner out at a restaurant, I share this message to lead into today's talk about truly enjoying the happiness in our lives and being grateful. Our guest today is David Meltzer, a co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for making the movie Jerry Maguire. He is a three-time international best-selling author, a top 10 business coach, the executive producer of Entrepreneur's number one digital business show, Elevator Pitch, and the host of a top entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook. His newest book, Game Time Decision Making, was a number one new release. David has featured, has been featured in Inc. Media, ESPN, Forbes, TEDx, Yahoo Sports, NBC Sports, The Huffington Post, and much, much more. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple, yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing value and it's all in his content and communication that's exactly what you're going to receive including on today's podcast I've listened to this episode a few times now because I found his information so straightforward and down to the point point. And if you find value in this episode, please share about it on your social media and be sure to tag David as well as myself so that we can see what you enjoyed about the show. David, your life's mission is to empower over a billion people to be happy. So why are you so passionate about helping other people be happy?
0: Well, through my journey, I've learned how to do three things really well and to mentor, coach, and teach three things very well. And the first is often ignored or people have an energetic or genetic uh, limitation or resistance to, and it's making a lot of money. And I have a different perspective, how money uh, is integrated or intertwined with happiness because it allows us to shop. It doesn't buy uh, happiness, but it allows us to shop. And if we shop for the right things for the right reasons, it creates a lot of joy, a lot of happiness. The second thing is to help people. And so part of the reasons and impacts of money is to help people. So I teach people how to help people and of course, how to have fun, how not to take yourself so seriously, how to identify the interferences, the fear-based conscious competencies that we possess uh, that interfere with our true potential. And so uh, initially, just knowing throughout my journey, the dummy tax I've paid and the lessons I've learned for those three things. But happiness came to the forefront. When I uh, found out that my youngest daughter's friend committed suicide, she was only 12. And I started to do research, I have a philosophy of being more interested than interesting. And so when things bother me, I want to learn about them. Uh, I find that Caring is an arbitrary and capricious emotion, but learning is an accelerant to achieving the solutions. And my philosophy of the biggest misuse of times between problems and solutions and people spend th- their time worrying or complaining or caring when they should be constructively learning. And so in my learning about happiness, I found that the fastest growing cause of death in America of all demographics was suicide. And so I started to realize, wow, so the biggest basic problem (laughs) that we're facing Mm. is people taking their own lives because they're anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, offended, separate, inferior, superior, or sad, depressed, and they're taking their own lives because Mm -hmm. of it. I have a solution for that. And so uh, you know, I think the most difficult part of my mission was, you know, after losing everything in 2008, over a hundred million dollars, and making it back and living a life of purpose in a different paradigm, to go to my wife and say, Hey, you know, I know we've been through a lot, but I have a new mission in life, and I think she's anticipating like a new business. But when I told her it was to empower over a billion people to create a collective consciousness of happiness by empowering people to learn how to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Uh, That was probably to me the most fear I've ever had in in anything I've had to tell my wife. (laughs) I love
1: that. I love that. Well, any kind of change is scary, but also to include someone else in that, of course. But I love that you share it in the way that you did because, and and I also agree, you know, as much as um, being happy, is so important to not, you know, to, to lower this, hopefully the chances of suicide, but also I truly believe that when we're not happy, it also causes diseases. So it's like every other illness and other things that go on wrong are typically because of not being happy.
0: You're so right. Well, think about joy and happiness. We are at ease. Yeah. And so I love the term dis-ease, right? It's almost by its definition unhappiness, right? It, it's distress. Disease is the interference between us and our potential, our truth, love and forgiveness exists in ease. And that if we could teach people, you don't have to get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, more worthy. What I try to do is remind people, recollect, and remember the fact that you are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? What are you doing to put yourself at dis ease?
1: Can you give some examples of that? Like, if somebody's listening to this, they're like, I don't know what that could be that I'm doing.
0: So, pragmatically, first of all, I teach people to define dis ease, to define interference. And the place that we have to start, though, is I have to be able to convince someone of one foundational principle. Uh, in this principle, I believe is foundation to happiness. And I believe that in order to be happy, you have to believe there's something bigger than you. I don't mm-hmm. care what you define it as you can source or God, Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Universe. Smith, Jesus. Yep. I don't care what you t- call it. But if you believe there's something bigger than you that loves you more than your mom loves you, or you love your own children. Now I have a foundation to teach you four different things that will uh, identify and help with this interference of our potential, this truth, this source and make you a resource. So the number one thing is, hey, let's identify what puts you at dis-ease. Let's identify what I call the ego-based consciousness. Let's identify the things that interfere with you and your potential. So I'll start listing out, do you have a need to be offended? And people say, yeah. So how do you feel when you're offended? Oh, not good. Would you say you're at dis-ease when you're offended, or the need to be right, or the need to feel separate, or alone, or inferior, or superior? How do you feel when you're anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful? How do you feel when you're complaining, uh, or when you're worried? And when you start identifying and listing out what I call the ego-based consciousness, the interference, the dis-ease, now we have a place, a foundation to build off of that we're part of the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing. And when we're experiencing pain, mistakes, failures, and setbacks, we're actually being promoted and protected because that omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source loves us more than our mom. And just like when we go to reach out and touch a hot stove and your mom hits you really hard and screams at you, she's not punishing you, she's promoting you. And so at the foundation, if one, we know there's something bigger than us that loves us, and pain is just an indicator, setbacks, failures, and mistakes are an indicator we have a better place to be, a better position, being protected and promoted, now we need to identify the pain, these uh, different diseases, and once we do, now there's three steps after that. The second step's the most difficult, because our natural ego-based consciousness says, I have a need to be offended i now identify it and now after identifying it i either react with resistance i go over it under it through it around it lie to it manipulate it cheat it deny it all of these things that actually are accelerants to the ego based consciousness it's like pouring fuel on a fire sending off not only in the wrong trajectory trajectory but accelerating us into disease and uh, we have a biochemical reaction to it called cortisol that actually creates biochemical disease uh, in our body from this experience. Uh, but even moreover, if I can teach you instead of resisting, going over, under, through, and around, lying, manipulating, cheating, and denying, just simply stop. So the second step is one, identify, two, stop. Then once we stop and we, we create this energetic uh, dissipation and dissolvement from that ego-based accelerant, instead of adding to it, we now are dissipating it. Now we breathe through our nose and out through our mouth. The third step is to drop to center and neutral to, to that flow, to remind, remember, and recollect the source that we're connected to, to become a resource again. And then once the third step of becoming neutral or at center, now we can roll in the right trajectory. And that's where I teach five daily practices of, okay, what do you want? Who can you help? Who can help you? How best can we achieve this? And four, prioritize it. So knowing the what, the who, the how, and the now, which is the prioritization of what, who, and how. And then we're now, instead of searching for a why, instead of creating this resistance, we now apply our why. We live in inspiration. We're in spirit. So uh, this simple yet effective way of one, identifying the disease, teaching two, a technique to dissipate and dissolve the disease, then three, to get into the resource or the flow, and four, to roll in the right direction. Even a simpler way to tell people is when you're in ego-based consciousness, when you're in disease, Mm -hmm. your mind, your body, and soul- feel like they're on fire. And everybody's learned since their childhood that when you're on fire, stop, drop, and roll. And so that's the technique that I utilize in order to create dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins that accelerate and aggregate and compound for good feelings instead of cortisol, which creates disease or bad feeling.
1: I love it. Whenever I'm in a bad mood or something, I'm going to stop, drop, and literally roll. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: Just in case you are on fire, it'll help as well.
1: (laughs) Hopefully that's not it, but yes, exactly. So it sounds like we want to be mindful of like the times in our life when maybe we are doing things that like, don't light us up. Don't bring us joy. Don't make us feel good. Like they put us in that disease. And you talk about a time where, um, you know, we do a lot of things in our life that we also just have to do, you know, like taking out the trash. And you mentioned how this whole experience of taking out the trash, as much as you hate it so much, and like, really, everyone hates it, you have now learned to quote unquote, maybe love taking out the trash. Can you explain this theory for us?
0: Yeah, it's funny you ask that because we have really close friends. A couple, you know, everyone has the friends, parents of our, you know, daughter's best friend, and they always bring this up when they're with me. They're always correcting, <laughs> uh, correcting me and themselves by saying, "I get to do this." And so the story that I tell is, I was traveling for twenty-two straight days in, in South Asia, and every day I would call my wife and tell her how much I missed her how much I miss my children. I could not wait to get home just to be with them. And so I arrived from a 22 day tour and I get home and my wife looks at me and says, oh, terrific. You're home, gave me a hug and a kiss and said, can you go pick up our daughter uh, from cheerleading? And I looked at her immediately and I'm like, are you kidding me? I have to go pick her up. I just got home and she looked at me and she said, are you kidding me? I said, what? She goes, all you've talked about for 22 days is how you want to spend time with me and your kids. I'm giving you an opportunity to spend 30 minutes uninterrupted with your daughter. And you're telling me you have to do this. You have to, you got to do this. I thought you would realize you get to do this. Mm -hmm. And it clicked in my head. Wow, I get to do this. And then I applied it to my nemesis, the (laughs) kryptonite trash and I tell that story in my book how I hate trash and I always had to take the trash out because what you resist persists and six kids I'm the trash man my fraternity I'm the trash man I ended up with three daughters you know my wife I'm the trash man and I wasted so much time and emotion until I said to myself where's the light the love and the lessons in trash well trash gives me an opportunity to think about what would make me happy. So when I changed the meaning of trash from punishment to promotion, once again, I love taking out the trash. My favorite thing that happened as an example is my kids thought the trash was kryptonite as well because of my attitude and energy and perception right. of trash. When I shifted my energy to taking out the trash at my family's house, my friend's house, and you know, it was amazing, everyone change their energy towards me and even the trash. So like my wise friends were like, oh my God, your husband's amazing. I was like, I sure thought I was amazing for all I did for my family. But just the fact I'm taking out the trash is what is notable in my career, right? (laughs) But it's because of the change and shift in energy. And the funniest thing is one of my daughters, my middle daughter, who was most resistant to trash. Once I shifted my energy towards it, she's like, oh, I'll take that out for you. It's amazing what we do when we uh, try to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything. One caveat that I've learned, um, you have to reconcile time because there is light, love and lessons in everything. Every person you meet, every situation, no matter how much you like or dislike, a food, a person, a place, a vacation, the question you need to ask is, is it worth my time To find the light, the love, and the lessons. And if it's going to bleed you too much, it's probably not worth your time. So go ahead and let it fall away or fire it or pray for its happiness. Uh, But don't give it any energy. Don't resist it. Just simply determine, is it worth my time to find the light, the love, and the lessons to get to do this? And then therefore, you'll have a great reconciliation between the theoretical time, relativity of time, and the pragmatic usage of time.
1: Okay. I love it. I, it was literally only two weeks ago and I hadn't even heard your theory yet. And I, my nemesis is dishes. Okay. <laughs> hate them. And I have that whole theory and I say it even, and nobody else wants to help out. Cause I, like you said, I have that energy and hate to r- around it. And it wasn't until like literally just a week ago. And I was like, you know what, while I have to I'm, I'm having to do these dishes. I'm just going to do these dishes and I'm going to enjoy it as a time while my daughter is in the room. Usually she's doing her homework or something. And that's a time that she loves us being together all the time. And I'm like, I'm going to take this as a time for her, knowing she knows that I'm in this, in this space and I'm going to enjoy doing these dishes. <laughs> yeah. So when I heard your theory, it was like, I get you.
0: Yes, (laughs) you nailed it. And if you can apply that to multiple things in your life, all of a sudden you have much more joy in your life and you're productive, accessible, and gracious with your time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you're a very successful man with a lot of accomplishments. What would you say is your biggest asset to really being successful? Would you, would it be like your team, your mindset, being happy?
0: It's, um, my understanding of faith. I think my biggest asset is that when I talked about this foundational principle of knowing the most of the time, there's something bigger than me that loves me more than my mom loves me. And my mom loves me too much, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, She overloves me, but, but, you know, source overloves me even more. And it applies to everything. Think about, you know, when you truly believe in infinity, and in omniscient, all powerful, all knowing. So I live in a world of value add. So it changes everything in my life. It's not a zero sum game. Uh, it changes everything from kindness to giving, to happiness, to joy. That one foundational principle changes the perspective of I get to do to from I got to do to I get to do. It changes all the different money issues that people have uh, fears that we have. What do you have to be afraid of? If you know that the omniscient, all powerful, all knowing is walking with you that you're a part. And I think it comes to this construct. I expect miracles because of who I am. I will receive miracles because of who God is or whatever you define as God, but I will offer them to others because I'm a part of that source, of God, or whatever you believe, of the omniscient. And that at its core is my biggest asset. I used to would have told you, oh, my negotiation skills, oh, my communication skills, oh, I have incredible work ethic, I'm the most consistent person, that's my superpower. None of it even matters, and it pales in comparison to living in faith. Yeah. whatever your religious, spiritual or philosophical beliefs are of that faith, but to live in faith the majority of your time and notice I said majority of time because I will not deny that the ego is present at all times and my objective is to spend minutes and moments in ego in that interference in disease, instead of trying to deny the fact that there is disease that there is ego that no, my goal is like okay I know you're I know you're there. I know that I'll always have some sort of fear, lack of belief, lack of faith, but I'm only going to spend minutes and moments because I'm going to create techniques and practices to get me out of it very quickly.
1: It's a great time to stop, drop and roll. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh, David, so many great nuggets here. Um, Just one more quick question for you. If somebody's listening to this podcast and they're wanting to be more happy and wanting to find more purpose in life, what advice would you give them?
0: two things. Uh, one, say thank you. Uh, easiest idea have a gratitude challenge. I give it away to everyone for free. So put in the notes, David at dmeltzer.com. Join me. The fastest way to change your life is to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. Program gratitude, light, love, and lessons into your life. And the second uh, piece of advice is ask. Uh, whether I was 14, 24, 34, 44, even I'm 54. Now I tell myself every day, don't forget to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to ask to wish. Uh, there's so much that's construed in there, including our health. You know, I tell people all the time, priority, non-negotiable number one in my life is my health. Why? Because if I'm healthy, I get as many wishes, as many asks a day as I want. And if I'm not healthy, I'll only have one wish. And so I wish as many wishes to you, to your audience, and please be gracious, appreciate everything you have. Don't take for granted what other people are wishing for, or even worse, what you're wishing for. Be kind to your future self, do good deeds, and I promise you'll be happy.
1: Mm, So good. Yesterday, I I heard one of your videos and it said that you you always have a minimum of an hour a day for your health. And I had to change my schedule a bit and I was going to have to dive into my health time for me and I was like nope I'm gonna listen today and I'm gonna just yes,
0: it. keep hard. my schedule
1: the way that it is.
0: <laughs> it's amazing when you tell your kid hey I, I can't help you with your homework because uh, I haven't finished my workout yet but I'll do it after but yep. I always prioritize me first so I'll be there to help with his homework for many more days to come
1: And he will learn that and do it in the future so that's beautiful. All right well David, thank you so much for being with us here on the move forward podcast.
0: Thank you for moving forward. Thank you.
1: (laughs) All right, take care. And everyone keep shining your light and moving forward.